Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the sort of weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It is going pretty well, Nick. How are you? I'm good. My robot voice is working pretty good this morning. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Matt, I assume you've seen some movies this week? I have. I've seen two movies this week. What are they? Uh, one is called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, mm-hmm. and the other one is called 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. They made a second 47 Meters Down movie? Um, yeah. What? <laughs> Did this just come out? Uh, yeah, I think it just came out. Um, I don't think to last night was the first night of it, although it could have been. I didn't actually, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's out. Oh, is it Mandy Moore in it again or anything? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. She you, was in the first one, you've right? You've heard of Mandy Moore. <laughs> there's, there's nobody in this movie you've ever heard of. Uh, well, okay. Um, I don't even know that was a thing. All right. So, uh, I saw one movie this week, uh, from 2018 called Betrayed. And I cannot wait to talk about it, but uh, but I want to hear about this shark movie first. Oh, okay. Well, we can. Well, well, that means because I was in the theater twice, so uh, we got to start out in preview corner. All right. Uh, preview corner. All right. And Thanks to uh, DJ Sloppy for that open music. Uh, okay. DJ Sloppy, huh? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, there's a slight bit of commercial corner um, because Coke had a commercial. Uh, they're they're back to their because I can thing, um, oh. but they don't. It's not the same format. It's not oh. you know some resistant youngster. <laughs> trying to sell us a giant can um this one was like a commercial about a guy selling sandwiches on the black market or something in oh what was the city uh des moines iowa i think um and like yeah here's steve his name's not really steve but uh here's steve selling these underground sandwiches you do you, man. Coke, because I can. And I'm like, I don't know. That's their idea <laughs> of the resistance, I guess, is selling sandwiches out of your house. Because um, you're not paying taxes? I don't really know. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that was the that was the commercial corner. Um, on to preview corner. So... Let's see. I, I guess some of these overlap, so I might just say, you know, I saw it twice. But um, okay. saw a preview for a movie that I called Dead Niece. Um, turns out it's actually called Don't Let Go. Mm-hmm. And um, it, the, the circumstances are that a man is kind of father to his niece in that, like, 
I think the dad is in jail. And so he just hangs out with her a lot. But um, her family is killed then, and then she's killed. But then he gets a call a couple weeks later. I think it's two weeks later. He gets a call on his phone from the niece. And you're thinking, is it a ghost? But no, it's uh, it's not supposed to be a ghost. They're actually, there's some sort of time warp thing. And so he's having to tell her stuff to help her solve the crime from here in the present while she's in the past. And I've seen this movie. It was called Frequency. Ah, well, they they did Frequency again. <laughs> frequency was cool. I liked Frequency. Then you might like... Ah, oh, shoot. I deleted the name. Dead Niece. <laughs> yeah. Dead Niece. <laughs> um, let's see. And then uh, there's a, a preview for what I wrote. Oh, no. That guy from Amazing Spider-Man's in another thing. But he's not, actually. It's just a kid. And it turned out to be the commercial for It, too. Uh, oh. But then I said, ugh, James McAvoy. <laughs> so tired of him and uh and the preview was very very loud oh. i i feel like they were trying to just break my eardrums to get me to come see this um but i will be there because i thought the first one was pretty good and the second one is looking like it's shaping up to be pretty good too okay now i saw a preview after that for maleficent 2 because you know it too and Maleficent too should go back to back. Um, seems like they're going with Maleficent being actually a bit more of a bad guy in this one. Uh, plot looks like uh, the the daughter or the girl that she sort of adopted wants to get married, and um, I suppose it's her real mom, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who uh, is trying to like win her back like oh you want to be able to marry a guy well angelina jolie's not gonna let you so you should be my daughter again and um yeah and so well or maybe i don't know maybe it's just the new queen i I don't know if her mom's dead or what um but i really enjoyed maleficent in spite of the fact that it, it it's it is pretty corny um but there was something about Angelina Jolie in it that I thought was really good. And I feel like this one might kind of do a decent job of the sort of questioning, like, who you really are based on your actions or not. I might be overthinking it a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, Maleficent 2 looks all right. Uh, all right. And I didn't uh, care for that first one. I thought it was terrible. I can understand that. I really, really can. Um But, you know, I was in the theater by myself, and I'm generally more forgiving when I am in the theater by myself. And Angelina Jolie, because I saw it in the theater, had just had her double mastectomy. And there was a scene in the movie where her wings are ripped off, and Angelina Jolie's just bawling her eyes out. And I was like, man, that feels symbolic. Um, So anyway... uh, it, she, she seemed like she was really feeling it. So, you know, that might have won me over there. Then I saw another preview and I said, Jesus, Margot Robbie is in everything. And this is a preview for a movie called Ready or Not, which doesn't even have Margot Robbie in it. 
<laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> but throughout the whole preview, I was like, man, she's been in a million movies. Uh, Suicide Squad, instead of not being good, really got her on the map. Um, but anyway, it's a movie called Ready or Not, and it's, uh, it looked like a young woman is getting ready to get married, and she's hanging out with her in-laws, and they want to play some sort of game, and she's got to draw it out of a fishbowl or something. And then the game that she chooses is hide-and-seek, and everyone is trying to chase her, but they're also trying to kill her. Uh, and I almost went and saw that, but I felt like 47 meters down on Caged was just going to be out of the theater too quickly for me. <laughs> uh, and I might be right about that, but I'm not saying you should go see it yet, but we'll leave that for later uh, or soon. Zombieland 2. I just wrote down still lots of electricity, and I don't even know what that means. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that might be a typo. Autocorrect might have done something there. <laughs> uh, okay. And then I saw a preview that I called Pearl Harbor again, but uh -huh. it's actually called Midway. Yeah, that looks like dog shit. It does. I agree with you. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's, well, first of all, it's a Roland Emmerich movie. Well, yeah. And uh, that's your first red flag. Uh-huh. So. Washington says there's nothing to be afraid of. Washington is wrong. That's Boom. all I remember yeah, from no, that well, trailer. <laughs> that, well, I walked away from it going like, what? what am I even supposed to be taking away from this? And that was pretty much it. Like, that was the, the big line. And I'm like, all right, so Washington's wrong. All right. Yeah. I, I'm getting nothing here. Um, then I saw another preview for Knives Out. And I don't know if I mentioned it before, but uh, a lot of famous people in this and a few people I might have forgotten the last time I mentioned it was Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon's also in this. Uh, oh, wait. Is this the one by the guy who made The Last Jedi? Is this, is this I think with so. Craig? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's okay, got a yeah. southern accent. I haven't seen the trailer yet. Uh, it it looks interesting. I'm 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 open to seeing it. Um, and then moving on to previews from forty seven meters down. I saw another preview for Ad Astra. I don't really have much to say about it except for that I had a note that says, "Am I a Brad Pitt fan?" <laughs> And that's still to be determined. I do think no, he's I, good. I do think he's good. But I mean, like, like fan. Like, if, am I going to see movies just because Brad Pitt's in it? That's a weird place to realize I might be. <laughs> um, then I saw a preview for Charlie's Angels. And I was like, this is really bad music. Why is Patrick Stewart in this? And is this because, you know, he just got kind of once he was a poop emoji he just felt like he had to do anything um he must paycheck's a paycheck i was gonna say he must owe somebody something yeah um then i saw another preview for the movie queen and slim about the guy who uh they get pulled over and treated unfairly and he ends up shooting a cop and then they're on the road or on the run and i just this time i was like why is flea in this why why flea like just didn't Flea already have his movie heyday? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I saw another preview for the Star Wars movie. And it says, you know, like, oh, the saga comes to an end. And I was like, I know these are the words on the screen, but there's something about this that just maybe it's because I just know tons of Star Wars movies are still going to come out. But even if this is supposed to be the end of the main line, it just doesn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't feel like we're coming to a close. And then with the with the Palpatine laugh at the end of the preview, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you, first of all, why would you bring the character back? But secondly, oh, because they don't have any ideas. That's right. Um, but secondly, why would you spoil that? You know, that'd be yeah. like, hey, let's have a preview for uh, The Empire Strikes Back where Luke or where Darth Vader's like, I am your father. <laughs> and people, yeah. people watching the preview can be like, wait, what? <laughs> and then when they're watching it in the movie, they'll be like, yeah, get to the part where it's his father. Yeah. Get to that. <clears throat> okay, yeah. yeah. What is that is that movie called Rise of the Skywalker? Sounds right. I can't remember what it's called. There's a Star Wars movie, like a full on Star Wars movie coming out in like two months, and I almost could care less. Man, that last one really got to you, huh? It really did. Well, if you like the one before it, I mean it's it's gonna have Force Awakens I loved. I thought that was terrific. Well, I think you can expect this to be more like that. And yeah, given that there were no new ideas in that one, it's probably, yeah. uh, you know, the fact that they're bringing Palpatine back is like, hey, we still got <laughs> no new ideas. You might yeah. totally love it, Nick. Just show me what I like. You might totally love it. Um, Stick with what works. <laughs> saw another preview for It too, and uh, I'm in. But um, I know I said I wasn't going to say more, but in this one, I did want to say something else. You got to go with me on this for a moment. To All right. Go down a little trail. Oh, look at this trail. Once upon a time, I was watching uh, an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it was. Uh, oh, what's what's the guy's name? Um. What's the guy that's... Ryan Styles. Re- no, no, no. The one that's really good at coming up with songs. Oh, Wayne Brady. Yeah. Wayne Brady is... Uh, he He's singing to this guy from the audience named Howard <laughs> to, uh-huh. to the um, tune of YMCA. And he's spelling his name wrong. He keeps saying H-O-R-W-A-R-D. <laughs> Horrorward. <laughs> And so this time I saw this preview for It Too. I was like, It Too, starring Bryce Dallas Horward. Because it's not actually her. But anyway. Oh, because it's Jessica Chastain? Is that who it is? Yeah. Well, they, they did her up in such a way that it looks like she's trying to be Bryce Dallas Howard. One of, uh, they're, they're basically the same person. It's just that one of them has talent. Ah, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. I see. Um, And then there was a preview for Don't Let Go. Oh, hey, that's the name of that movie. It's not It's not Dead Niece. It's Don't Let Go. I forgot that Dead Niece was not the correct title. Um, Yeah. And then I saw a movie or a preview for a movie um, that I called Innocent Kid, which is... Uh, about a young black guy who 
it's not quite clear. Uh, it seems like he's getting uh, pulled into something, but then framed um, by other like peers. And um, so apparently the movie was put together by John Legend and Jeffrey Wright and somebody else. I'm not sure if they um, wrote it. I think they might have written it. Um, and the movie's called All Rise because, uh, you know, there, people are uh, – there's like there's a lot of activism about this kid being innocent. And what was really strange about this preview is it did something that I haven't heard done in the theater in a long time where there was an announcer that came on at the end and said the title of the movie. So, like, it said it on the screen. It's like, all rise. But then the voice came in. And it's like, all rise. The movement starts this November. And that that was odd. <laughs> like, it's been a really <laughs> long time since there's been an announcer. So, it was strange. Um, okay. But interesting. And that is it for Preview Corner. Oh, okay, okay. Hopefully somewhere out there, big ticket is happy. Um, the big ticket, the big ticket actually this week offered us a uh, a new segment for our show that I said I would bring up, um, but I don't I don't know how it how it's going to work out. But he's like, we should do top five lists, like top five actors and stuff stuff like that. And I was like, huh. Eh. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. There's a there's a podcast that does nothing but that called the Countdown. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They count down. I'll point them in that direction. It's usually ten. Uh, well then, I guess that preview corner wasn't for him. <laughs> 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 Sorry, big ticket. Um. All right. So forty-seven meters down, uncaged. Uh, please tell me Nicholas Cage plays a great white shark. You know, given that there's a fish that screams, why wouldn't there be a shark that talks? <laughs> why does a fish scream? Uh, that's a good question, Nick. That's a really good question. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to spoil the ever-loving shit out of this movie. Cause oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody should bother with this. Um, And so, first of all, I walked into the theater and there was one guy in there. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, how annoying is that? And then I thought, yeah, you know what? It's more annoying for him because he's probably been sitting here for five minutes thinking, I'm going to get to watch this movie alone. Uh-huh. Um, and this movie was brought to us by Entertainment Studios, uh-huh. which just seems like the laziest of studio names. Um, and so there was that. Uh and this movie stars discount everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's just each person is just a knockoff of some other actor. Um, and it starts off, you know how how um, Deep Blue Sea starts out in the ocean, and someone spills wine into the water, and they shoot it as though it's blood dripping into the water. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Isn't it like a, a group of teens or something? Yeah, they're out on like a. One of those pontoon things. Okay. A pontoon. Um, <laughs> this one starts out in a pool. And a girl falls in the pool. And then she's being bullied. And turns out she was pushed into the pool. But then there's like... I don't know. It, it, I think there's something that drips into the water. I don't know. But it's just weird. It's like, why are we... 
why are we doing a shark pool? Um, two minutes into this movie, I asked myself a question. Should I leave? <laughs> and I didn't because I had bought a ticket to sit in there and watch this. Uh-huh. Um, so it, so that's literally two minutes in. The, there's already been exposition. This girl gets bullied. And I asked myself, is she getting bullied so that by the end of this movie we can see that she's tough? Spoiler alert. The answer to that is no. Uh, we're going to find out she's tough as soon as the plot kicks in. <laughs> Her character uh-huh. arc is instantaneous. <laughs> um, they do come back to it. You do see the bully again at the end. And, of course, she's not saying shit to the main character who is... The, um, the pool that she gets pushed into, there's yes. there's no shark, right? No, no, it's a pool. Is there a shark in the pool? No, but it's shot as though there's going to be. And then, like, okay. I'm pretty sure that there... I, I think blood does come down into the water, but then it turns into the title or something. I don't know. It was stupid. <laughs> and then... Three minutes in, we get a little more exposition because she's hanging out with her dork dad and her stepsister's stepdad, and they both of them comment that the other one is not their sister. And I ask myself a question. By the end of this movie, are they going to be sisters? Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. Oh, boy. Hang on. Yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, four minutes in. Wait, wait, wait. But the stepdad is dead. No, he's there. He's, oh, he's okay. the, he actually is the one person in this movie I've ever seen in anything else. And he is the guy from Northern Exposure, um, and the love interest in my big fat Greek wedding. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, then four minutes in <laughs> one of the, the. <laughs> We've got a a friend of the cool sister who's like, hey, I'm going to show you guys a place. They're supposed to go to this shark outing, this thing where you like uh, see sharks from this boat that has a part of the boat that's underwater and has a bunch of windows. So you're like, feel like you're in a cage, Um, but they don't. They, They get there and then cool sister's friends are like, let's go somewhere else. Hey, stupid sister who's not cool, just come with us for no reason because we don't even like you. Um, and, you know, showing you a place that nobody else knows about feels like a real trope. So I pointed that out because it's stuck there right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know where else it would be. But anyway, I just feel like I, I'm barely into this movie and I'm like, man, we're just killing all the tropes here. Um, and I have a, a note here that says, this music, it's the music in this movie. Is so weird. It's like, it's very eighties. Like we couldn't afford anything contemporary. And like the lyrics are just like, they're practically singing about the movie. Um, and there is, there is a point at which there's a real song that you've heard before. Um, and it's she's got the look. She's got the look. Exactly. And that's that's the big that's the big one. That's the song they actually paid for. 
Uh, is this supposed to take place in the 80s? No, no, not at all. Not at all. There's, it's just, it's a low, low, low budget. Um, the argument for them to explore some caves. So when they get to this place, they're like, yeah, here we are. Uh, here's the secret place. And it's like this, not a pool in the sense of like a pool at your house, but like this like natural pool. Um, and they're like, wow. And so they jump down there and for some reason there's like a raft on it because the dad works for some sort of archeological something or other. And so he set this stuff up because a bunch of divers were going to come out and, uh, like archeologists were going to come out and he was going to be showing them around. So he put this thing here that has all of this scuba diving equipment that they're like, Hey, Dad's on the other side. Okay, so there's supposed to be an underwater city. And they established like 80 times that Dad is on the other side of the city. So he's trying to get things prepared. But on this side of the underwater city where there's this pool, he... Which, by the way, nobody else knows about. (laughs) Okay. Except this girl. Um, But the dad had set up all this stuff so that he and these people that these really important archaeologists that are coming tomorrow can use this equipment to go down there. So these girls all decide to use the equipment. Now, I'm no expert on scuba diving, which Nick Mm -hmm. knows very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I'm pretty sure that these oxygen tanks don't refill themselves. They're not lungs. So these girls decide, yeah, we'll just go ahead and use this equipment. Dad will never know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think he's going to find out when they get there tomorrow. And none of these important people can go scuba diving because people used up all the air. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and the argument for them to explore these caves is very unconvincing. And like the, the, there's one girl who keeps saying, she's like, this is not a good idea. This isn't safe. Cave diving is actually pretty dangerous. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. We'll just, we'll just the tip. We'll just go in a little bit. <laughs> uh, and the line der- delivery in this movie, I mean, everything, every aspect of this movie is pretty bad. The acting's bad. The writing's bad. The music's bad. The CGI is bad. Uh, there's not a saving point except for that it's like an hour and 20 minutes long. So I'm I'm a little confused. Yes. Um so you're saying that they're at an underwater city but they're they're above it, right? The, yeah, they find this pool that has this floating equipment cache or cache, I don't know. And uh and they're like, "Hey, let's dive down. There's a way into the caves that are this underground city." Um, but are they on land or are they out in the water and they found like, a this stuff they're on land and they find this pool. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Nicole, who is, I think supposed to be like the, the most attractive and Valley girl of these four girls. Uh huh. Um, and she's the most insistent that they go down there even though it's the two other it's two of the other girls who are like yeah underwater caves wow wowie and and the nerd girl who's not cool is Do they really say wowie pretty much they they i'm like oh this is what they're bonding on this super nerdy thing i feel like the other two girls would be like hey cool girl talking about underwater caves when did you get into nerd stuff 
But instead, yeah. Nicole, the most like gum chewingest of them, she's like, the hot, the yeah, hot one. Yeah. She's like, we have to go down there. And she gets really annoying. And we're probably about 10 minutes in. And I'm going, I have a prediction here. Nicole <laughs> is going to die first. <laughs> now, once they're underwater, I, I, a, a question occurred to me. Um, or I guess more of an observation, just how super convenient it is that these four young ladies happen to be exactly the same size as the archaeologists that are coming down because they've got wetsuits that fit them. Um, and then I have a note in all caps that says, FISH SCREAM! <laughs> now... There are oh that's, oh, that's the South American screaming fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and and you hear it. <laughs> I mean that's that's what's what's more interesting than the fact that this fish screams is that you hear it as though it's just a person standing in a room with you. There is no sense of any sound actually being underwater throughout this entire movie. Um and literally the fish screams. I'm not exaggerating there at all. It's like Rah! <laughs> is it supposed to be like a jump scare i don't know i'm not sure i've i i've never been so bewildered um and the response to the fish screaming is what actually sets off this entire movie like the entire plot kicks in here because when the fish screams one of the girls is so startled that she like knocks over a giant statue and oh, then no. the statues knock over other statues, and it's like oh, this no. little Rube Goldberg dominoes falling over, and then the cave, the cave is shut because oh. all these things have fallen apart. Oh, God. Uh, and the fish was blind, by the way. They're like, oh, yeah, the fish is, you know, they live in the cave, so they don't need eyes. And I'm like, y'all are like 15 feet into this cave, and you're acting like this fish has never seen light before. Um, <clears throat> so that was goofy. But, but it was really important because did they bring did they bring lights with them? Oh yeah, they they are they have all the equipment and they're experts with it all. Like okay, so side note here, listeners, Nick and I went scuba diving once. Well, Nick went scuba diving. I walked into the water with Nick, put my face under the water. And had some sort of biological, physical reaction that was such that I used up half of my tank. I don't know if I ever told you that. When I got back to Scuba Mike, I was like, sorry, I couldn't breathe. He goes, you can't breathe? What are you talking about? You used up half your tank. <laughs> now, I had not swum at all. I had just literally put my face in the water, hyperventilated, and used up half my tank. <laughs> These young ladies, on the other hand, put on this equipment and they are just like rocking it. They they know exactly what they're doing. They know where to look to see how much air they have. They um, the one of the girls says, "Hey, everybody, turn on your lights." They automatically know where their lights are. Um, it's it's impressive. We'll call it that. Mm -hmm. Now, this blind fish. It's important that they explain to us why it's blind. Because this movie has Descent Sharks. I still the haven't seen Descent. Jesus Christ, Nick. You're watching <laughs> crappy movies like Betrayed, and you haven't seen The Descent, and you haven't seen Get Out. 
you you just you you're, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> well, I'm about to spoil part of the descent because you should have seen it by now. Yeah, it's been 20 years. Um, the creatures in the movie, because there are creatures, which honestly, there don't even need to be creatures. That movie's just perfect all the way around. But they are awesome. And part of their deal is they're so subterranean that they have been, they've evolved to be blind. Um, so this movie has blind sharks <clears throat> and, uh, blind, really beat up sharks. So they actually, in spite of the fact that the CGI is pretty terrible, the sharks, actually, the design of the sharks actually is pretty cool. Um, so I know I'm giving you like step by step here, but this movie is just every moment was something awful. I'm starting to love the movie as I'm talking about how bad it is. Um, they run into some people that work for her dad, or they run, run into a guy that works for her dad down underwater, and he's like, oh, hey, you know, we were coming in from the other side. They're Come able on. to talk to each other underwater? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, this is what I'm saying. The sound thing here is ridiculous, because they're talking to each other, and it makes it seem as though... They must have like earpieces or something uh-huh. because they're just talking to each other like they're standing next to one another. There's no sense of it being underwater. This guy runs into them and um, he's like, hey, we you guys. They, they, oh, they're like, hey, we were trapped. He said, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. Why didn't you guys have a line? You know, so you could pull your way back out. And they're like, oh, we're just stupid. And um and I mean, they're trapped anyway. It doesn't matter if they did have a line because it, the the thing closed down. It's not like they got, they just got lost. But he says, "Well, look, I have a line, so let's turn around." He gets eaten by a shark, <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, at least we can use his line." Uh huh. Um. And so these a- are these are blind cave sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. And so they start following this line. Now, there are a couple problems here. One, they eventually get to the end of the line, and they're like, oh, it's not attached to anything. I'm like, well, how are you pulling on it? (laughs) You you shouldn't need to get to the end to go, hey, this thing ends, because you would have been pulling it towards yourself the whole time. Secondly, while they're following it, the woman in the front says, the line leads down here. And I thought... Yeah, you're all pulling on the line. They're going the same way as you. (laughs) Like, you don't Mm -hmm. need to tell them where it's going. And then she goes, this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the way we're going with the line. You don't need to tell them. Um, And then this is uh, around the point that we realize that, hey, wait, the girl who was so shy and timid is the one leading this whole thing. Wow, we are, I don't know, a ha- like half hour into this movie, mm-hmm. arc complete. And then she starts shouting for her dad, at which point I realized, like, that's, that's the moment that it struck me that, like, wait a minute, they don't have earpieces. They've, they're, they're just supposed to be hearing each other because they're talking, like, because they're screaming really loud, like, dad! Dad, and I'm like, well, if the earpieces are connected, if that's how this is working, you don't need to yell. 
but they're screaming. So I guess in this world, you can just hear through water perfectly. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the behavior of the sharks is ridiculous. These sharks are way too persistent. I've watched a lot of shark documentaries. And when there's something they're interested in, the way they handle it is they come by and they take a bite. They kind of use their mouths as hands because they don't have hands. So they feel things out a little bit. When there's something they can't get to, they... Oh, my away. God. Yeah. Imagine a shark with hands. <laughs> that's that's 47 meters down the new batch. <laughs> like like he's got a like on the ends of his fins on the sides there's just like two hands and then he's got one coming out the dorsal fin <laughs> just all oh, the fingers just constantly doing that wiggle uh see you know for me it just turns into a instant musical and they're all doing jazz hands and sync <laughs> um but these sharks are way too persistent like when they get to something that they can't get past they just keep trying so there'd be like a cave that's too narrow that the girls go into and the shark's like at the end of the cave and it's just like it just banging away at it like it's going to get through. Um, so that's kind of strange, too. And then, uh, oh, yeah, the music or the, or the sound thing, it becomes even worse <laughs> because one of the guys that works for her dad, you see him doing some welding underwater. Mm-hmm. And this is when they play She's Got the Look. She's got the look. But he's listening to She's Got the Look. And he's not listening to it in his headset. He's got a speaker near him playing She's Got the Look underwater. Well, that's just not how it works. No, it's not. Uh, And the other thing about these sharks is they're very hungry. But I made that note when I thought there was just one shark. Because I'm like, this shark is eating everybody because it eats uh-huh. that guy. And then, you know, spoiler alert, it eats other guys. But it turns out later they're like, hey, wait, there's more than one shark. So <clears throat> they find the dad. And here's where I have a bit of a problem with this. Because they established that the dad was on the other side of the lost city. But they basically go through like one wall. They're like, yeah, okay. We just follow this line. There's dad. It, Makes sense. Yeah. So I, I guess you know if it's a very very small lost city, and it's at this point that I make a note. Uh, and you know I'd said you know who, who's going to die first in these girls is going to be Nicole. And this note says, "See ya, Nicole." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they realize that they have the siren. Well, wait, wait, we're yeah. this far into the movie and none of the girls have died. No, no, just the two guys that work for her dad. Oh. Oh, I mean, this movie's an hour and 20 minutes long, so... Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then they have this little siren thing, and it says, Oh, good, the siren scares the sharks away. Next note. Wait, why are you turning it off? That seems like a great plan for getting someone eaten. Next note is, bye, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the dad does die. Yeah, he's gone. Because they turned the siren off. They're like, hey, we have this thing that repels sharks. Better not leave it running. (laughs) (laughs) And just as the dad dies, uh, he was just saying, hey, we got to go swim down to get out of here. But there are very strong currents, and they're going to try to suck us down. Apparently, strong current means water tornado. Because they Mm -hmm. get to the point where there are these strong currents, and it is just like... 
it's just like a tornado. And then uh, this girl gets sucked into it. And I thought the two girls left at that point were the two sisters. Um, and then I realize that, you know, another shark pops up, of course. And the girl takes off her mask because it's, I, I don't know, running out of water, running out of air or something. Uh, and uh, Oh, yeah. No, I think she was getting stuck in something. So she took off her stuff. And when she took off her mask, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought that was the girl that just died. And then two seconds later, she's dead. So I was like, all right, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, and I check my watch. <laughs> <laughs> 76 minutes in. Oh, no. And I go, oh, yeah, because she finds her sister. She gets the, the main girl gets sucked into the water vortex, finds her sister. And I'm like, oh, okay, they, they get out of there. And I'm like, oh, good. They're safe. This is 76 minutes. Oh, yay. They're safe. Oh, wait. No. They're in the, the, the blood track of a chum boat. <laughs> <laughs> Next note. Oh, wait. Did the uh, did the underwater current pull them out of the caves? Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, they come out in the ocean, and they're near this boat that's doing all this chumming, and it turns out it's the boat they were supposed to be on to watch the sharks eat. Oh, how ironic. So, oh, yay, they're safe. Oh, no, no, they're not. There's a chum boat. Is that irony or is that a coincidence? Uh, that's bad writing, Nick. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and then, okay, now they're safe. Nope, now sister is getting nommed. Okay, <laughs> now they're safe. Nope, now the main girl is getting eaten. Okay, now they're safe. Oh, there's that bully, but she's put in her place. And that all happened between 76 minutes in and 80 minutes in. <laughs> wow. And then it's over. They both survive? Yeah. Well, they have to be sisters. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They learned they learned to love each other. Duh, Nick. Come on, man. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. How, I, I forgot how life works. I promise my review for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is going to be shorter. <laughs> but that was 47 meters down. I don't recommend watching it unless you're Nick and Matt the next time we're hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Does it have anything to do with the first movie other than they're underwater? Like, why is it a part of the 47 meters down franchise? Because they wanted to make money and it's got (sighs) sharks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there wasn't much to the first one. It was that they were underwater and there were sharks. So yeah, well, they were stuck. They were stuck in that cage, right? Like they couldn't get out of the water. The cage. Well, the these cage. girls are stuck in a cave. Wasn't who was on the surface? Wasn't there like a guy trying to get them out of the cage? Yeah, someone. Math. Oh, it was Matthew Modine, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I like to All call right. him Maddie. Maddie Modine. <laughs> Maddie Mo. Gonna send it back to Mo. That's from Guts uh, on, Nick, on Nickelodeon. Do not, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember Mo, but I do remember the show. Do you have it? Guts. You can buy pieces of the aggro crag on eBay. I am not going to do that. Oh, yeah, me neither, I guess. <laughs> so um, how, was, how was Betrayed? Okay. So pull up my internet I like, document I feel like here. you're going to be doing the same thing with this movie that I did with 47 meters down. You're not wrong. And uh, All right. So the year is 2018. 
And this movie is called Betrayed. And this was, I, I don't even know where, where to begin. How about with you begin this. with why? Why? Nick? Jill, we were scrolling through movies and my wife, Jill, like we, we scrolled all the way through, like we hit the Z's and started back over. And then uh, we we're scrolling through it. And we hit the B's and she just goes, stop. And she goes, what's betrayed? And so we, we go up to it and she goes, oh, this looks terrible. Let's watch that. And I go, oh, all right. And, uh, and that's it. I forgot about Get Out again. And uh, we almost watched some other movie. I don't even remember what it was, but like the, the, screen, the screenshot for it looked like a douchey dude in a high school. And I went, I don't want to watch this. And so we watched this, Betrayed, from 2018. So this, this was a masterpiece. Oh, God. This movie was amazing. <laughs> and I don't mean like amazing in a in a good way. Like this movie was was god awful. It was the worst. But I haven't laughed this hard and for this long at a movie since since the room. Um I, I'll admit I watched ten minutes of it and I did laugh more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, so like the movie starts out with uh, a, a bunch of text, uh, like text on the screen um, that goes by way too quick. I was going to say they want you to read that shit at lightning speed, too. Yeah. And like it starts because like, my wife and I turn this on. We don't know anything about it. And it starts up and it goes through like the 15 production companies, which which I'll get to something about that. But it goes through like the 15 production companies that made it. And then it goes to this tech screen. And the tech screen is about um, sexual exploitation and um, sex trafficking and, and human smuggling and all that stuff. And how it, it says like it's it, it's a business that makes this much money every year. And, and then it and then the movie starts and we're and it took us forever to figure it out. But this movie is supposed to take place in Detroit. Right. The Motor City. It's right. a, that's like the tagline of the movie. Right. Um, and uh, this movie does not take place in Detroit. This is like, this movie feels like it was filmed in Dover, uh, <laughs> like Delaware. And uh, for those who don't know where Dover is. Yeah, the the and, white um, cliffs of Dover in, uh, in England. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, the movie starts with these two girls and two guys outside of this bar. And I guess it's late, and and these these two girls they're either nineteen or forty five, and they're that's the that's the thing about every girl in this movie. Every girl in this movie is either supposed to be she's either a forty five year old woman playing like a nineteen year old, or yeah, that's it. That's 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 the casting, and um, so the, these two girls. Or like outside this bar and these two guys are like, you need to come with us. Come on. We're going to have fun. And you're like, oh, this is how these girls get sucked into a life of sex trafficking. And the girls are like, nah, we're going to go home. And the guys are like, whatever. You're lame. And she's like, well, you're lame. And you're like, wow, this is terrible. Like immediately you're you're just from the first shot. you're, You're like, oh, this is bad. Then. Right in front of this, the hottest bar in town called the Foxtrot, there's this unmarked windowless white van. 
And these guys jump out of the van, which has fully lit in the back. <laughs> the van has so much, there's so much light in the back of this van. They jump out of the van and kidnap these two girls and throw them into the van. And the movie starts. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, no. This is, this is what's going on. And then the, 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 the next scene, it just cuts to a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a guy in a bathroom stall. And he just makes a fist. He's getting, like, frisked by someone. While this other guy who looks like a generic, like if you combined Brian Cranston and Clint Eastwood, yeah, you get this guy. Clint and Brineswood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so like the guy getting frisked is this Russian guy named Mikhail. And he's basically a, a, a he's a local business owner, a mob boss and a sex slave trafficker. Uh, like he's the guy who's kidnapping the girls mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Brian West Cranston is, uh, is, um, wait, this is where he makes the fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the guy gets taken out of there. Then he just makes this fist like, and you're like, wait, well, where's this going? And then he well, points at him. They don't tell you who this guy is. Nope. They don't tell you at all. And you're like, who is this guy? Why are we in a bathroom? What what's going on? And they're having this conversation and the guy keeps the guy the the old man keeps talking to Mikhail the Russian and he's like, You can't do this in my city. You're taking too many girls. Right. <laughs> you're allowed to take five, but you took twelve. You took two girls last night. That's not what we agreed on. And you're like, Is this guy a cop? He feels like he's a cop. And you're like, no, he's not a cop. Uh, eventually, you learn that his name is Mayor Alderman, and uh, uh, we looked it up. This movie, this movie took this movie's an hour and a half, and it took us three hours to get through it because we kept stopping to to look stuff up or rewind it. And then, but um, I was like, doesn't Alderman mean mayor? And it does. Basically, it's like an old English like noble term for someone just below a mayor yeah, so this like guy's name districts something like that so this guy's name is mayor mayor and uh that made us laugh and and so they he like makes this fist because the russian guy's like look i'm going to do what i can do with this horrible Wait, russian accent his name is mayor alderman yeah what yeah <laughs> all right then yeah all right, so there's so much to unpack with this movie. Um, so so he's, like, mad at the Russian, and he, like, punches the wall, and you think, oh, I guess we're going to go back to his office. No. Hard cut to these two women sitting at their desk talking about God knows what. When another, when a cop shows up out of nowhere and says, hey, ladies, they found another body in the dumpster. <laughs> and the one cop goes, Asian cop goes, damn. <laughs> 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 she, she, she just, 
And the, we rewound this like four times trying to figure out if the if the cop who showed up said they found another body in a dumpster or they found another body in the dumpster, which which means that this town has one, has dumpster. one dumpster that they keep finding bodies in. <laughs> Someone was like, we should put a camera on that dumpster. And they're like, it's not right? the budget. <laughs> yeah. And uh and uh, and the, and then like a bunch of other stupid stuff happens, and then they uh, they go to the corners. Mm-hmm. Like the, they go to the corners. And, oh my god! They get there, and uh, uh, well, before what we get to the corner, cadaver. Oh, okay, yeah. Before we get to the corner, I uh, just want to point out like every scene. Well, nine out of ten scenes in this movie, the shot goes on about ten seconds too long, and. Uh, it always ends with a character going. <sighs> well, not cut. right before that one though, because in the scene right before going to the coroner, they're actually at a strip club, and then the guy has sex with someone while he's hugging some other woman. Oh yeah, that's right. And then that's they cut right. to the coroner. Right? Yeah, they just go to this strip club for no reason. Um, later, we found out uh, while we were like doing research on this movie is um the guy who plays the russian was also the director of this movie and uh, oh is he the one that was having sex at the at the strip club yeah the one that all the women couldn't keep their hands off of i see he's the director and his name is harley whalen harley weinstein uh, what (laughs) yeah and uh he uh He's terrible. And so, like, I clicked on his IMDb uh, just to, like, because I was like, is this guy actually Russian or is this just a terrible accent? And it doesn't say, like, place of birth or anything like that that I could find on his IMDb page. But it does mention that he's, like, a fifth-degree black belt. And it's at this point I almost stand up out of his, out of my chair and go, we're going to have a karate fight in this movie. <laughs> Maybe we do. I'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, the coroner's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get into this coroner's office. It's a oh, another hard cut to just these three people standing in a room with this cadaver laying on a table with its chest just open and all the organs. Like there were extra <laughs> organs in this cadaver. Like they took five cadavers worth of organs and just piled them on top of this body that's been chest bursted. It's insane. Yeah, like the. Like, it's like you got these two cops just kind of standing around looking at the pictures on the wall, which my wife said they look like endoscopy or colonoscopy photos. And they're just like, look at it. I'm like, yeah, this really tells us a lot. And the corner, the corner, it must be his first day because it's like he's never seen a body before. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, he's like, oh, yeah, this is. This is pretty messed up. It's like her organs are fried. I've never seen anything like this in all of my years. And then he and then he goes, oh, hey, look at this. And he looks down and the cops come over and there's like this shot of her stomach and all of her internal organs are just sitting on top yeah. of on top of what looks like a big bowl of rice. And, and the organs are just like sitting there with no connective tissue, nothing. He just picks yeah. it up and he's like, it's just a pile of parts. Yeah, he picks it up and he's like, these organs are all fried. What could have done this? 
And I'm like, you're the coroner, dude. You're the coroner in Detroit. You've seen every possible way a person can die. Well, he's he's bewildered, but he's also drawing all sorts of conclusions instantaneously. Like, he looks at her and he's like, hmm, she dried, died of an acute drug overdose. <laughs> and it's and, like the first time they've ever heard of someone dying from drugs. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm like, what? An acute overdose? Yeah, an overdose is a pretty acute event. That yeah, that is acute, and and then even if it wasn't or couldn't be, a, a, a little bit later, like a minute later, he's like, "This woman's been doing heroin for at least a year," and I'm like, "Well, that's not very acute, is it?" And uh-huh. and he says, "I've never seen anything like this." Right after saying, "It's just like the others," yeah, <laughs> and and also, yeah, she didn't die from a heroin overdose. She died because they they put bags of heroin in her stomach and they they because her kidneys are sitting on top of her stomach they determined that one of the bags must have leaked open and she died of like a heroin overdose by ingesting it accidentally and i'm like i feel like a good coroner would be able to spot something like that pretty easily like i, I feel like with if you're going to be able to spot that without any kind of toxicology report also, you're doing an autopsy. Didn't you find a broken bag of heroin in her stomach? Well, uh, while you were cutting the organs apart, or if you didn't cut the organs apart, this young lady died of not having her body parts connected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I see why this woman died. She's just a walking bag of parts. <laughs> she says <she has laughs> overcooked hamburgers for organs. Just, nothing here is connected. Of course it wasn't functioning. But oh then, my God. right after saying that she died of a drug overdose, he goes, I think it was murder. <laughs> like, like there's like ten conclusions in a matter he's, of like twenty he, seconds. It's like I think it was murder, not on purpose, but murder nonetheless. <laughs> and then the other cop comes over, who's been in this room the whole time, comes over and goes, "Oh, I think I know this girl." And they're like, "What? Oh yeah, I know her. Um, we jogged the same trails." And the the one like the corner's like. What is he? He's like, she's a runner, a druggie or a junkie, a runner. <laughs> Heroin addicts don't jog. Yeah. And I'm like, there are high functioning drug addicts, dude. Like, it, oh, yeah. I do th- everything. I think his actual line is a heroin addict who jogs. It's <laughs> so blown away. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I want a whole spin-off movie starring the coroner. <laughs> um, so, uh, what happens after that? I wish you had just I turned watching it off. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after that, the the mayor is pissed off at the Russians. Mayor Mayor is pissed off at the Russians, and he says, "You have to stop kidnapping our women. Uh, you're, you're bringing down too much heat on me." And the Russian says, like, well, I'm not going to do that. So the mayor makes a deal with this uh, South American gang uh, led by a guy named Carlos, who moves very slowly. And he, he's in talks very slowly. And and he says, Carlos, I need you to take out the Mikhail. And Carlos is like, OK, 
I guess I'll do that because you because I pay you, right? Yeah, sure. And then and then we get to the big star of this movie. Oh, now, really? yeah. Now it took us forever to figure out who he was. Um, but the actor's name is Richard Tyson. And the whole time he's on screen, first off, we can't figure out who he's supposed to be in this movie. He, like, works for the Russian, but he doesn't do anything. But everybody wants him to work for them to do crimes or something. I I don't know. But the whole time he's talking, I'm like, he's like a fat old version of somebody doing an impression of somebody. And so I go, I look up his IMDb page. And uh, eventually I find out, I figure out, oh, he's the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. And I'm like, oh, he is an old fat guy doing an impression of the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> which which really cracked me up. Anyway, uh, so the movie continues. A bunch of horrible, stupid stuff happens. Um, the mayor's daughter who's another 45-year-old, 19-year-old girl, um, she and her friends go to the Foxtrot Club one night because they want to go out and have fun. And while they're there, one of the cops, because Detroit has two police officers. Oh, that's the other thing, is the mayor has started a task force about all these missing girls. He's begun a task force that that features two detectives and four very experienced police officers. <laughs> that's his t- that's his task force on the the kidnapped girls epidemic. And uh, I say that because he says it at least 10 times. And so we go to this we go to this bar uh, with the mayor's daughter and uh, we're there with her and her friend and then the cop. Uh, who knew the girl, the jogging girl, she shows up because she just had a big fight with her boyfriend and she shows up and then they're having drinks and the Russian guy knows who the mayor's daughter is and he decides that he's going to kidnap her to blackmail the the mayor and to make her one of his sex um, workers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the cop's bo- boyfriend shows up and he causes a big commotion and he gets into a fight with with the girlfriend and then he that spills over into a fight with one of the bouncers who's one of the russian guys is enforcers and it's during all this commotion that they kidnap the mayor's daughter and and it's so stupid it's so stupid (laughs) (laughs) they just put like a cloth around her mouth and drag her away from this fight and then the the fight clears up and the two the two friends meet up and they go hey where's marie i don't know oh Okay. Well, it's not like her to just leave. No, it's not. Oh. Hey, does anyone know where Marie is? No, she must have left with some guy. Oh. But she wasn't talking to a guy two seconds ago when this fight started. Yeah, she must have left with some guy. It happens all the time. Oh. Well, I'm a police officer. Can we look at the security footage? No. No. Uh, You can come back tomorrow. And so they come back tomorrow and uh, the Russian guy's like, yeah, the cameras, they don't work. And the cop's like, you're responsible for this. You're behind it all. I'm going to bring you down. And he's like, "Okay." And so then she leaves. A bunch of story happens. I guess you could call it story. And then uh, (laughs) 
later, later, much, much later, uh, her and the, the Asian cop friend, um, they decide that they're going to go on a stakeout outside of this, uh, this bar because they figured out that there was an unmarked white van with, with no windows. And that must be the key to it all because the van that kidnaps the women is always there. And, uh, they go up to their police chief who looks like he's just been crying. He's like sitting in his chair, like looking down and they, they come in the room and they're like, Hey chief. And he goes, what? Oh, hi. Uh, what's up? And they go, Hey, we're going to do a stakeout of, uh, of this bar. And he goes, okay. And they go, also, uh, can we put on an APB for a white van in Detroit? And he goes, uh, yeah, I guess we could do that. And they're like, okay, great. And he goes, good. And then we just look at him for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and then he exhales, which is this, the key to end the scene. Right. And we leave. And so then, so then the movie keeps going, keeps going. And we get to the, like, for some reason, the uh, the the main enforcer guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many characters in this movie. the The one enforcer guy who's like flirting with the cop is uh, he's a uh, he's like into her, but he's like, I love my boss. And then later he betrays his boss, which is the t- title of the movie. And uh, uh-huh. and then I yeah. See. And so, like, there's this big shootout, and then the the guy who portrays his boss goes back up to him, and he's like, "Hey," he's holding like a gun to his head, and he's like, "Hey, I uh, I want out of this business." And the Russian guy's like, "Well, what do you want, my blessing?" And he's like, "No, I want your word." And the Russian guy goes, "Okay, you help me do this thing, and you have my word." And the guy goes, okay, well, I'm going to go deal with this problem and you go deal with that problem. And they go, okay. And then they just go their separate ways. And then uh, one of the Russian guys, main other main henchmen gets captured by this guy called Wolf, who was hired by the, who was hired by the uh, mayor mayor. And, uh, and, and he captures this other Russian guy. And then there's this, there's this one effective shot in the movie where like they're torturing this guy to get information from him, where they show like them peeling off one of his fingernails and, and uh, like visually, I was like, "Oh, that was a cool shot." But the way the Russian guy reacts is, it's like somebody like kicked him in the shin. <laughs> so like they tear off his fingernail with pliers, and the guys and the guy reacts by going, "Ooh, ah, oh, you bastards, ah, I'll never tell you anything." And so then they're like, "All right, fine, cut off one of his fingers," and he's like, "What? Oh no." And then they cut off one of his fingers, which was not an effective shot. No. No. And then he reacts the same way, where he's like, oh, ah. <laughs> oh no. Ooh, oh, that stings. That was my favorite Ooh. one. Oh, you can really feel the air on the bone. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to have to kill me. I'll never tell you anything. Cut off another finger. Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, and so... Uh, so like the movie keeps going at some point we we meet up with that marie girl who's been captured and drugged with heroin or something and she's locked in a cage like the way we treat migrant children and uh she's yeah topical um and uh she's 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 locked in this little dog cage uh handcuffed to the inside and first of all i'm like anyone could push out of this cage this cage is put together with like like simple wire but I think they just couldn't afford tougher cages for the movie, so I let it go. Um, and then, and then we meet a character 
Uh, the actress's name, let me make sure I get it right. The actress's name is Blanca Blanco, uh, which I believe is Spanish for white, white. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but I'm just going to refer to her as Dr. Nurse because that's what she looks like. So Dr. Nurse comes in and she's like, you're going to be one of my workers. And, uh, if you don't play nice, I'll be mean to you. And then she slaps her. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff happens. There's like four or five other girls in, in migrant children cages, which by the way is a horrible travesty. And, uh, Agreed. I'm going to, I'm going to take a bold stance and say, Hey America, don't put children in cages. Yeah. It's a, I'm very, it's, it's pretty bad when it, when it actually is a divisive stance to be like, kids shouldn't be locked in cages. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a pretty brave stand on this. I, f- I feel like I deserve some sort of award. And uh, anyway, we should just so, take the uh, president. It would be an improvement. I am the chosen God King. Oh, and uh, <laughs> we and, can't uh, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, so she she somehow like escapes. And, like, is, like, running down the hallway, but she's drugged. And all of a sudden, the cops show up wherever she is. Like, the two cops show up. They're just there. And she's, like, she starts calling them mom. What? And they're, like, we're, yeah. She's, like, mom? Mom, is that you? And they're in this hallway where the lights keep turning on and off for some reason. (laughs) The lights just keep flickering. Like, not flickering. Fading on and off. And, And she says mom and the cops are like no no it's it's us we're the police you're safe and then this henchman guy out of nowhere comes around the corner and goes i'm unarmed i surrender and the and the asian cop is like okay um let me see your hands put them on both of your head put both hands on top of your head and move slowly towards me put them on both of your heads <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the guy goes okay and he puts his hands on top of his head and asian cop for whatever reason turns around and uh the henchman just reaches into his jacket and pulls out a gun and shoots her of course (laughs) and because he shoots her the other cop drops her gun and they all get captured again and so then uh and so then the russian guy is is there and not in his club anymore and and I think one of my kids just fell off of a table. And uh, and so he says he basically executes the Asian cop and then white white female cop is like, you bastard. And he's like, whatever, you're going to become one of my slaves, too. And then and then Wolf and then we cut snap cut to Wolf going to interrogate Richard Stone, I think, who is the bad guy or Tyson, whatever his name is, Richard Tyson from uh, Kindergarten Cop. And and basically he just tortures him and it's a chance for Richard Tyson to act for 10 minutes where he's being tortured with a bullet wound and and it's it goes on for forever and it's just him going oh you're never going to get any information out of me what? you might as you might as well kill me when you say bad guy from kindergarten cop uh-huh. Do you mean the guy who had a ponytail, or was there someone above him? No, the guy with the ponytail. Uh, the guy who was trying to steal the kid back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd recognize... He's been in a ton of stuff. Like, his IMDb is huge. Like, the guy works like crazy. Well, I um, mean, 
Based on what must have been the budget for this movie, it sounds like yeah. he's he's probably got to work a lot because he's not getting paid for much or yeah. paid much for any of them. Which is fine, you know. Actors got to work. I don't I don't begrudge him. Yeah. But yeah. um. But uh. But like he just acts for a while and like he gets to pretend he's being electrocuted and and then like at one like his same the same face he makes like he gets shot in the arm and the uh, the guy Wolf. Um, fires his gun and then presses it against the bullet wound to cauterize the wound but he just does it and it's like bang and then you just see him push the gun against his arm but they don't do any kind of like a sizzle sound effect or anything uh, and and richard tyson just goes Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> and he goes see now you're not gonna bleed out and he goes, okay, well, what do you want from me? I'm not going to tell you anything. And so they put his foot in water, and then they electrocute him with a car battery. And he just goes, ooh! <laughs> his cauterized face is the same as his being electrocuted face. Uh, it's really dumb. Fun fact, they actually <laughs> electrocuted him for that scene. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Because uh, at one point, while he's being electrocuted, he's just looking around and blinking his eyes. <laughs> he just, like, just looks bored, and uh, and uh, and for some reason, the guy doesn't give him any information at all. But the wolf and his team, which consists of a guy named Alpha, who's the greatest fighter in the world, mm. and uh, and this other guy named Cash, who's really good at playing pool. Um, Cash is his torturer and and Alpha's his fighter. So they all end up back at the Russian's club. The Russian is there again and they they have this big shootout and the cops are there and for some reason the the South American gang is also there so like everybody's shooting at everybody. Everyone dies except for at this point uh white female cop Alpha and Wolf Wolf goes upstairs, gets shot by the Russian guy, and uh, but he's just wounded and laying on the ground. And then Alpha comes up the stairs, Alpha, the greatest fighter in the world, and he goes, sounds like you're out of bullets. And then the Russian goes, sounds like you're out of bullets, too. And then this is where I was like, Kung Fu fight! It's going to happen! And it, and it does. And it's about 10 seconds long, and you don't see a damn thing. Uh. It's like they cut away whenever there's like going to be an impact or something. And I went, oh, that is disappointing. But I still called Kung Fu Fight. Um, anyway, the Russian guy pulls out a knife and just shivs Alpha to death. And white female cop is like pulls a gun on the Russian, and he says, you're going down. There's no getting out of this for you. And he throws his knife away, and he goes... Police can't shoot an unarmed man. And and, and I went, and, and another moment of, of brilliant social commentary, police shoot unarmed men all the time, especially when they feel like they're being threatened, which is what this guy is doing to her. And, and, and then Wolf on the ground kicks a gun over to the Russian's feet. And the Russian goes, ah. And he quickly goes to grab the gun, and the cop just shoots him to death. And then she and the wolf stand over the Russian's body and and they go I could use a drink me too and then oh I'm my god I'm pretty sure they have some paperwork to fill out <laughs> I can't believe I forgot this part so uh, I forgot to mention that um, this is this is important the the guy who betrayed the Russian guy 
um, who then teamed back up with him. Uh, he rescued all the girls from the sex from the sex place. That's how a white female cop escapes. Ah. Um, during their escape, um, one of the one of the sex girls gets shot in the stomach, so they just leave her behind to die on the floor. Uh-huh. And then, like, three steps, they take three more steps, and this other blonde girl starts screaming about pain in her stomach. And I'm like, oh, is she dying of broken heroin stomach bag from Dr. Nurse? And, uh, and then they just leave. They get into a car, and they're driving away. And, and then they, they end up at someone's house slash police station, and they go inside... And Mayor Mayor shows up and he says, oh, my daughter, you're OK. I'm taking her home. And the police chief goes, OK, but the Russian and his men are on their way here right now. And he goes, we'll be safer at home than in this police station. And the police chief goes, you're right. <laughs> and then they, they leave. And the mayor, the mayor's one bodyguard leaves with him. And they go back to his house and we're just sitting on the couch with uh, the mayor and his daughter. And the daughter's like, Daddy, I feel so weird. The drugs they gave me, I don't know what's happening. And the dad goes, yeah, they gave you some pretty heavy stuff. You're, uh, you're probably going to have a bad couple of days. And, and then we cut to like their garage or something. Uh-huh. And the mayor's bodyguard is being executed by the Russian guy who's able to be everywhere at all times. And, uh, and then they go inside and basically the Russian guy ties up the dad and gets him to confess to being part of the Russians plan for the sex slave ring or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots, he shoots mayor mayor in the head and the daughter runs away and Dr. Nurse runs after her. The daughter runs into a closet to get a gun that they just happen to have. She shoots Dr. Nurse and then the Russian comes around the corner and it just cuts and then that's when we have the big fight at the uh, at the bar where everyone kills everyone. Uh-huh. And I have no idea if the daughter lives. I, I assume she's dead because the Russian makes it back. But, oh, my God, I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch this movie again. <laughs> I am not even kidding. I loved this movie. It was so stupid. Yeah, man, I'm not doing it any justice with my de- description of anything that happened. There's like this whole other sequence where the coroner comes back and he's just like drinking a coffee and he's and he's just like, whoa, another dead body. Whoa, what, this place is crazy. And it's just like, oh my God, this is, this is supposed to be Detroit. And then like at one point the police storm, the police storm some some place and they're all wearing like hats that say L-O-P-D and I'm like what the hell is L-O-P-D is this Detroit or is this not Detroit oh god oh it's so stupid and then um, so like I'm looking up this movie on IMDB of course and there's no trivia about it at all but it's rating is 6.2 which is impossible that's pretty high it is unbelievably high. And so I'm reading the reviews and they're all like poorly written. Like they're clearly fake. They're all fake reviews. <laughs> this is good movie. Yeah. And then all of the other reviews, the, the, like all the positive reviews are like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. And then all the uh-huh. negative reviews are one that are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh God. Um, I loved it. <laughs> we rewound so many parts to watch them over and over again. Um, yeah, it's it's like 
I know you only watched like the first 10, 20 minutes, but you should really go back and watch the rest of it. It's worth it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll watch it with you sometime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you have a a some sort of notes document on your phone with movies we can watch or commentary on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this would be perfect for a commentary. Oh God, I can't wait to watch this movie again. Uh, yeah, that's all. I, I think that's all I have to say about Betrayed. It's it's God damn it! It was fantastic. I haven't laughed at a movie so hard in such a long time. It was a lot of fun. And segue to next movie, I guess. <laughs> Scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, I don't remember this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw it less than a week ago, and I feel like I can't remember anything. Um, my water bottle was more than my ticket. <laughs> yeah, that note was more than your ticket. Yeah, my ticket for the movie was like five dollars and fifteen cents, and my water bottle was like five dollars and fifty cents, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Okay, so the few notes I have, they they. They do kind of remind me of a couple things. It did feel kind of Stephen Kingy at the beginning, um, and like the kids are annoying, and the way that they write the teens is basically like, how do you make a character seem like a real teenager? Just have them be really obnoxious and annoying. And that's pretty much it. There's there's not really anybody likable in the movie. About a half hour into this movie, the girl starts reading a book written by a dead girl. And that's how the scary stories are a thing in the movie. Um, So there's a girl who, like, there's a house somewhere in this neighborhood. And a girl died there once. Um, Other people may have died there, too. It's not exactly clear where it is, and I just don't remember. Um the, the characters are, let's see, there's a teenage girl, her two male friends, and one of the male friend's sister. Mm-hmm. And then there's a teenager, uh, maybe like an older teen, who's, um, I, I guess he's supposed to be, uh, the for the most part, your, your understanding of what's going on is supposed to be that he is a Mexican who's a like a migrant worker and he's following the uh cr- the crops you know he's going from one place to another the story there gets elaborated a little bit later but we'll just leave it at that and um they all end up going into this haunted house and getting a book that was written by the dead girl and a couple times throughout this movie they say you don't read the book the book reads you. Oh. And that doesn't make any sense at all. Cause nothing that's happening to the people really has that much to do with who they are. It's just, it's instead of saying the book reads you, it should be like the book writes you. Cause the book writes a story each day and it's supposed to be the dead girl writing the story. And the story is about 
the something happening to the person, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the person. So like, there's this one guy who the way he dies is something comes down the hall at him. And it's like, okay, there's this thing coming down the hall at this guy. So this movie kind of sucks, but if you ever go back and, and for some reason, there's a whole Vietnam subplot, which seems like it's supposed to be important, but no commentary is ever actually made at all. So it's like, why is this here? Um, if you ever go back and read the scary stories, you'll probably have a pretty similar experience to me, which is, wow, these stories aren't very good, but these <laughs> illustrations are still pretty incredible. Uh-huh. And the, the movie is completely like the books in that way. Cause the visuals in this movie are excellent, but the story is just an excuse to have the visuals. Um, and I mean, like when I said it's, it's not really memorable, I, I totally mean that. Like I, the only things I really remember clearly are the images, which is fine. So if you're looking to kill an hour and a half and you've got less money than it costs to buy water at a movie theater, Go get a ticket and see it um, just for the visuals because they're 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 pretty awesome. There's not that much of them in it, so like the the and maybe that's their way of keeping it PG thirteen because it is a it is a pretty visually it's it's kind of an intense PG thirteen. Not that there's a lot of gore; it's just that the things look so creepy. Um, but they did a good job with that, so I'll leave it at that. Because I don't really have a lot more to say. There's, there's really isn't much more to say. Um, I'm just trying to remember because I really enjoyed the books when I was a kid. Yeah, and it's like it's like horror books for children, right? Um, which, which I think if you were to read as an adult, they would not hold up as well. They do not. But at I definitely, all. but I definitely remember like the images, like that that creepy yeah. like bleeding ink kind of style of drawing. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of stories that I remember. Uh, one is that the spider in the cheek story. Yeah. Was that, was that, that was in the movie, right? Like it had yeah. to have been because yeah, it was in the, the poster. Was that effective? Um, that was probably, it, it was, it was, it was probably the least effective of them, but it, it might just be that like spiders coming out of someone's cheek are like, it's, it, they're spiders. So it, it doesn't have the same aesthetic as the rest of the, the are they some of the other were they, things were they real spiders or was it all cgi oh uh, it's all cgi mm, absolutely yeah that make i mean that makes sense but like if they did like real spiders that would have been crazy Ugh. yeah that would have been gross um uh and then the other story that i remember and i'm pretty sure it's from this book series is this this guy who married this girl who always wore this scarf around her neck yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is is that in the movie uh no i don't think so no because oh, i've always wanted to see that lady's head fall off <laughs> like, uh you you definitely see a head roll at some point oh, okay All right. um I, I won't point out like which stories are in it but they, I, i'd say there are only like maybe four stories so like mm -hmm. four different visuals uh, um one is of the them is one of them is really really effective you don't get enough time to look at it like it could get creepier but i think that was them trying to keep it under r um mm -hmm. 
But the way it looks is like, oh, yeah, that's definitely what that looked like in the book. Turned, you know, three-dimensional. And boy, is that weird. And it's <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's so weird that, like, a book for children designed to be scary, that if you were to recreate it in real life, would be a movie for adults. Yeah. That's, that's like a weird... I guess standard. Well, you know, those things were a little bit harsher, you know, back in the day for kids. They didn't shy away from stuff as much. I'm pretty sure that those scary stories have been re-released with um, different illustrations that are more tamed down. Oh, what is Uh, the point of that? Well, you know, for kids. and, And I think in our generation, it was a little bit more like, yeah, kids can handle dark stuff. Um, So... Yeah. They were right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that's why I read those books was to get scared. Like I didn't read them because I was a af- like I wasn't afraid. Like I was like I want to read a scary story. Right. And the book's called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <laughs> like it's supposed to be scary for kids. Um, the other question I had is uh, the the setup for the the movie. Like the premise is it is it like a a, a vague anthology thing where like no. No, it's just that like each um each story that's being written and the stories are just stories from that collection. Um are think about it kind of like final destination. Like death uh-huh. is going to come after one person after another. And in this case it's just happening through the story being written into this book. Uh-huh. So, so like so the the main character, the girl takes the book from the haunted house. And then the book each day writes its own chapter. And as it does, the stuff happens to the people in the movie. Yeah. That's kind of lame. Oh, yeah. They should have just done like a creep show kind of thing. Other than the visuals. after story. Yeah. I I would be happier with that. Although they're so... Go back and read those stories. They're so short. Like each one's like a page in like 14 font. So, yeah, it wouldn't really... They would just be probably too quick. Um, but the other than the visuals, this movie's completely lame. Oh. But the acting's better than it is in 47 meters down uncaged. <laughs> all right. Well, is that all you got on? Uh... It really is. That's all I got on that. Okay. Well, then that brings us to the part of the show where we do our movie rankings list. Now, I have already placed Betrayed on my list, and then this one was, was difficult because I loved this movie, but it's, it's awful. Um, <laughs> and uh, like while, while you've been t- talking about your movie, I've slowly been moving it up my list because I liked it more than all these other movies, but, but it doesn't mean that it's better than these movies, but like it's... Like, I definitely liked it more than Solo or Aquaman or Broken Arrow or Mortal Engines. It was better than Hunter. It seems like it should go above all of those. I'm going to put it... Oh, my God. It just keeps going up. Um, I'm going to put it... This movie's going all the way up into the number 57 spot. Between the Christmas Chronicles and Replicas, uh, I'm going to give it one star and uh, a, t- 
I'm going to take that back. It's getting half a star. <laughs> I gave it one star because of the effective nail removing scene, but then that's not enough. Uh, I'm giving it half a star, but it's a total recommend. Everyone should watch this movie. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of feel like it should go higher, but that seems wrong. Yeah, but it's half a star in the in the mists of twos, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, Matt, yes. your movie ranking list will be adding two selections today. Yeah, and my ranking list is just all sorts of out of whack. Uh-huh. Um, trying to play scary stories is just... I was like, well, it's better than Crawl. And then I look way down below Crawl and see Shazam, and I'm like, wait, no, it's not nearly as good as Shazam. What's <laughs> going on here? So I actually decided to go ahead and put it between Shazam and Dra- How to Train Your Dragon 3. Better than How to Train Your Dragon? Yeah, the visuals. And this was scary stories? Actually, I don't remember How to Train Your Dragon having that great of a story anyway, so who cares? Um, yeah, scary stories to tell in the dark. It's it's you know It's not strongly above Dragons 3, but right beneath Dragons 3 is Bird Box, and it's definitely above Bird Box. <laughs> Okay. So some of these things have to do with... I remember you enjoying Bird Box. You remember wrong. Oh, okay. Um, And and some of these things, it it has to do with how much much the movie pisses me off. Not (laughs) not just how good or bad it is, but how much it it makes me mad that it exists, that kind of thing. Which Uh is, spoiler alert, going to have a lot to do with my next movie movie (laughs) placement. Um, So scary stories, I'll, I'll go ahead and give a thumbs up to. Um, but it's getting two stars, two stars, but you would recommend it. Yeah. For the visuals specifically. Okay. All right. Yeah. If you, if you didn't read those books and enjoy the illustrations, don't bother with it. But if you just want to see them in front of you, it's a short enough movie that you can get to see the images and, you know, just eat popcorn over the fluff. You know, what's funny is that for, for a book with images that have stuck with me my entire life, I have no idea who illustrated that book. Yeah, me neither. Or, or who wrote it. Me neither. Interesting. And I uh, had all three of those books, too. Yeah, me too. Actually, I bought uh, them twice. All right, so my dog 47 meters down, under cave, uncaged. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, so I was walking out of the theater going, this movie was stupid, and I hate it. <laughs> and even though it was only an hour and 20 minutes, I still wanted it to be over sooner. And so I I was walking out going, was it worse than Aquaman? Oh, my God. And I was like, probably not, because Aquaman was two and a half hours when I wanted uh-huh. to leave an hour in. So I walked out thinking that I was going to be putting it just above Aquaman. Um, and I was like, well, but was it worse than Contagion? <laughs> And I was like, well, I remember really being pissed off by the pretentiousness and self-congratulation of Contagion, but it was at least enough better than 47 meters down that it's got to go below Contagion. What I didn't realize is how many movies I have in between Aquaman and Contagion. So I was like, all right, was it better than Hell Comes to Frogtown? Yes. (laughs) 
Did it piss me off as much as the possession of Hand of Grace? No. <laughs> was it better than Suspiria? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know why Suspiria... I don't have an opinion of Suspiria anymore. <laughs> was it better than Trilogy of Terror? Yes. Shape of Water? No, but it didn't piss me off as much. Glass? No, but it didn't piss me off as much. Hell Baby? No, but it didn't piss me off as much. Signs? No, but it didn't piss me off as much. And it's shorter. So it's right between Contagion and Signs. Wow. And now there may be a, a, a another movie that I should have tested it against, but I have no idea. I literally have no idea what The Silence is. I, I, there, I saw a movie called The Silence, and it's above Contagion, and I have no idea what it was. Oh, wait. Isn't that the one with... Uh... Uh, it's like, uh, what's that John Krasinski movie about the deaf girl and the aliens? Oh, um, uh, A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Isn't this the ripoff of A Quiet Place? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, um, dang. It might be better than The Silence. I would put it above contagion. <laughs> That's the problem. It's, <laughs> I'll leave it, it where it is. Was it better than Dumbo? Not really. <laughs> and I mean, the, I mean, Godzilla King of the Monsters probably should go a little lower. But these other movies suck so much. Oh, I'm just going to leave it between contagion and signs. And I'm going to give it half a star. Half a star. Okay. No, and, uh, we'll give it one star. One star. Wow. Doubling up. Uh, okay, and I'm guessing that that's a no. That is a no. That is a no. No, we're no. All right. Okay. Well, Matt, anything for this week's Midwest Matt recommends? You know, I thought I had a podcast to recommend, but I found out that they've been plagiarizing a bunch of stuff. So, oh no, nope, I don't have a recommend this week. What was the one you talked about earlier about the top five or top ten stuff? Oh, the countdown. Yeah. Um, Do you want to recommend that show? You don't you know, have to. It, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know because it, it's got two hosts that are very different from one another, and like the straight man, I I I can, I I, I like him enough. And there's this other the other host, and I mean, I guess it's not very nice to bash another podcast, but the other host, I'll just leave it at like he'll probably turn a lot of people off. So mm-hmm. and he's. Uh, Would you say it's an acquired taste kind of thing? He says a lot of things that are sort of insensitive, and and uh, he gives himself slack. He's like, it's okay for me to say that because I'm, you know, of a certain race, um, and I don't buy it completely. And his laugh is his laugh is definitely an acquired taste. I keep listening to the show, but not every episode. I just kind of here and there will. If the topic is interesting enough, whatever they're counting down, I'll go, all right, I'll check that out. So, you know, check it out. See if you like it. If you don't, if you find it really annoying, just pass on it. But if you're like, yeah, I kind of like it. I would recommend just listening to episodes where you really are interested in what they're counting down. Uh I've definitely gotten movie recommendations from their lists. Okay. So that's useful. Well, if you want to see what Midwest Matt recommends... Even half recommends. <laughs> um, check out thisweekinfilm.com. The website hasn't been updated in a few weeks, but the Midwest Matt 
page is fresh and up to date. Uh, but the actual page itself, we're having some technical problems that I haven't had time to deal with. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but if you want to see what our movie ranking list is, uh, check out letterboxd, uh, dot com and, uh, search for this week in film. You'll find us there and you can, uh, find our list. I have another recommendation directly to Sony. Oh, don't get cocky. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you, yeah. You, you may not be able to make a good Spider-Man movie uh, aside from the uh, Spider-Verse. So, you know, yeah, maybe. that that whole thing is that whole thing is basically a public negotiation. Like, there's no way that 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 deal is not going to go through. Like, they're just trying to get money, more money from the other side. Yeah, each, well, each and I them. would recommend to Disney not to be so damn selfish, too. Yeah, because they're asking I mean, too much. Uh, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, the movie made the last movie made over a billion dollars, on top of the other movie that made almost three billion dollars. Just, just figure it out. Um, that Venom movie was was terrible. You're not going to be able to create a, uni- <laughs> a Spider-Man universe with Venom. Like Tom Hardy was enjoyable, but I don't want the Spidey Spider-Man. Tom Holland belongs in the MCU, so. Yeah, it's uh, make it just make it happen. Um, and uh, all right, so if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See ya.